Welcome everyone to the L7C Podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us today. We have Junior Array with us today. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Man, this has been one of the more highly requested podcast episodes of 2021, and we're finally able to get this in for you all today. Uh, Today, we're going to actually have a two-parter. This first one's going to be talking about Junior's basketball career. We're going to be asking some hard-hitting questions. And then later on, we're going to have a part two talking about post-basketball with Junior's business side. But let's get right into the basketball. Junior, what what got you into basketball, man? Shit, honestly, that's a great question. Um, Just growing up, I was always watching you and your buddies always playing basketball. And I was young, a couple, what would you say, like four to six years younger, Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, always watching you guys play in the backyard, so I just love the sport, and uh, we we would always watch it downstairs in the basement before we go to sleep, and I just loved it, and I just kept working on it, working on it, and then good things started to come my way with it. Yeah, with that age difference, because you immediately started playing with older older people from the jump, because you have two older brothers, and they had their friends. Correct. So did you think playing with older people from the jump prepared you for your future and career in basketball? Absolutely, because you even told your friends growing up, don't take it easy on him. And uh, that really shaped me up and that really toughened me up. And my mental toughness was there just because I was playing with older people. So I couldn't really throw fits or fuss when I couldn't score or the people steal the ball from me or block me. So it really prepared me mentally going into when I started playing kids my own age, I started dominating right off the jump. Right, agree. So then you're there, you're playing uh, grade higher in Shepard Naz, you're yep. on the travel. Yep. Um, I really think it was about seventh grade where your name really started popping up in the Gahanna Absolutely. circuits because uh, seventh grade you went to middle school south. For those yep. who don't know, in Gahanna, Ohio, there's three middle schools, south, east, west. And you led your team to their first ever basketball championship in seventh grade in South history. How did Correct. that feel? Oh, it felt amazing. You know, me and you always talked about in the basement, it's just championships means everything uh you just gotta win and people don't care if you're a good player they really care about how many championships you won and if you can make history and i was so glad and proud of myself and my team and obviously and my coaching staff that we finally made it happen in Gahanna history at the middle school at middle school and then you even took it further in eighth grade yeah you won it again so you went from first and seventh grade to back to back in eighth grade in Gahanna, this is where people are really starting to buzz yep. about you. And in eighth grade, you guys beat Reynoldsburg in yes, the uh, championship game yeah. over there. Yeah. So, how did it feel then to be a back-to-back champion? Oh, I mean, off the off the jump, off the back, it's it's difficult. I was trying to win two championships in a row, but you know, I had a great core players. We all cared about one thing, and I was winning. And um, I don't even know what to say. It was, just, it was just a phenomenal feeling that we could really do it over and over. And I, I personally felt like Kobe and MJ because, you know, they went back-to-back championships. So I'm like, shit, I can really do something here. So we got two down. And then, obviously, when me and you got at the house and we were talking, and then you told me straight to my face, like, what if, what if you can get another championship underneath your belt? And, you know, we'll see what happens after that. Yeah, and then first year, uh, freshman year, they had you playing freshman and JV, right? Yes, I started JV Mm -hmm. uh, my freshman year. And then when uh, freshman coach, Coach Powell, needed some players or were playing against a tough team, like our rivals like Pickerington's or Reynoldsburg, he'll have me come down and play some. So then even freshman year, when you played on the freshman team, you guys won the championship again. Yes. So you went from... Seventh, seventh, eighth, ninth grade, three straight championships yeah. for Gehanna, and I don't think that's ever been done. I don't think before, so. especially with your class. So yeah. that was already something wild there. And then JV, they don't have a tournament, which no. I still don't understand. But we had one of the best records for JV in yeah. Gehanna history, which I don't understand amazing. why they don't have a tournament for JV yeah, still. Sad. So then you go to varsity sophomore year, sophomore yep. through um senior year, and we're just gonna skip the sophomore year one because it was fuck that year. <laughs> it was fuck straight. It was junior and. Senior year, where yeah. you guys had legitimate chances yeah. of winning the state championship. Absolutely. Um, at the end of ninth grade, mm-hmm. uh, the head coach of Gehanna right now, Tony Stive, he came up to your dad and said, "Well, he's won. There's he's won all the ones down. There's only one left yeah. to win in Gehanna, and that was state." Yep. Did you feel pressure so trying to pressure. win the state championship because you knew? Someone who took Gehanna to the Final Four a long time ago, Rob Brandenburg, yeah. and you knew like Jamel and Stevie. Yeah, so, did you feel pressure to try and get him a state title? There was so much pressure, man. And I'll always call you, obviously, during my high school days, even before games or 
whatever it is, taught you, you know, try to get my mental right, but it was just so much pressure. Because, you know, winning three championships already in the in uh, Gahanna, it's difficult as it is, but mm -hmm. winning the big prize, the state tournament, that's, that's the hardest one, and we always choked, and I just never understood why. We just could never fucking close the deal, and it's pissed me off ever since. I can't even sleep at night sometimes, knowing that I, I'm not a state championship in high school. So the theme of this podcast will probably be underappreciation, because yes. it, there's a theme through especially junior year and senior year, and then going into college yes. that... You were one of the better players on the team, but the attention was never on you. No, nope, um, never. Suit, junior scene, well, junior year was more Nick Ward, yep. Matt Moyer. Yep. And then when Matt left, it was uh, Nick Ward. And that's it. And, and that's Jordan it. Mitchell, and Jordan Mitchell is a yeah. freshman coming in who was also a neighborhood kid that you yep. knew and played against. Yeah. And Nick Ward's stuff was rightfully so. He was one of the top players in Ohio, went on to go to Michigan oh, yeah, State. He's but did you feel like they were sleeping on you until midway through, I don't know, senior year where you guys started really lacking up brands because I felt like they were underestimating your guys' core going into the season. They only thought it was just Nick. I, man, they definitely underestimated me and it pissed me off. I'm like, keep like, remember now, you're one big main part of my basketball career and I'm always talking to you. It was happy, happy moments, sad moments, pissed off moments. There's one day um, uh, I saw the rankings in Columbus, Central Ohio and they had me ranked as a two-star, and I've never been that pissed before in my life. And I remember I screenshot that and sent it to you, and I was so fucking hurt. I said I didn't want to fucking play basketball because they think of me as, as a two-star. So, and then you also you just told me the right things. You just keep working, keep working, keep working. So I said, all right, I can do that. So then we just keep working, keep working. Things start going our way. But overall, though, I was never appreciated. And Central Ohio, never appreciated. At the end of senior year, where were you ranked at the end? Were you a two-star at the end? Or? They fucking bumped you to three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. And then, I guess with that too, because we talked about the three championships and um, that game against Westerville South, your last yeah. game of your college career, which was high school career, yeah. high school career which was one of the uh, better games I've seen, but it just didn't go our way. Yeah. And they even said at the end that you guys, your grade class was yeah. the winningest class I don't know about now, but definitely at that point yeah. in Gehanna history. I think still so. Is. Was that really bittersweet hearing that at the end of that loss? Because whoever won that game was going to win the state championship. Regardless. And Westerville, if people remember, it had the West uh, Caleb and um, his brother. Andre West, Weston, yep. uh, yeah, they had the Weston brothers. So there was D one talent there as well. And whoever won that game was going to win states. That's what everyone knew. And Westerville went on and won state. So. Was that bittersweet hearing that you guys were the winningest class after your final high school game? No, fuck that. We lost. I don't care about that shit. We fucking lost. You know what I'm saying? Everyone's going to remember that game and who won, who advanced. And did we win? No. Did we advance? No. Westwood South did. So, I mean, like, hearing that shit, I didn't give two fucks about that. I don't care. I agree. I agree. So then you go, you graduate, and yeah. how... When did colleges start looking at you? Do they only look at... Junior year. Junior start, year? Yeah, they start looking at me junior year. Um, obviously, because our dad is... Though, I mean, he, he's a professor at a college university, so mm -hmm. they were on my radar as soon as they heard about me. As soon as I could walk, honestly, they wanted me there. Mm -hmm. And there's some local um, schools around Columbus that wanted me there. Um, and then senior year... That turnaround we had when I started really going off. The battle of, um, was it that place when you guys were down in Florida? Battle of Villages, battle yeah. Of villages, yeah. That's yeah. when my name, because the newspapers, I was mm -hmm. winning awards down there. That's when my name really started to go out there. And uh, that's when colleges, uh, not like out-of-state colleges, started to recruit me hard mm -hmm. and wanted me to take visits. And you also played AAU basketball for a majority of your middle to high school All my life. career. So what... And you and you're recent in the AAU thing. So how is that different from like regular high school basketball? And do do high school players going forward always have to play AAU to get looked at for college? That's a great fucking question. Actually, it depends on what school you go to. So okay. like Gahanna, that's a powerhouse. Mm -hmm. You don't need AAU that much for Gahanna because we're a powerhouse. We're well known. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the Pickertons. You don't need that much AAU because people know Pickerton. People know that Pickerton produces players. Mm -hmm. And so say if you go to like some random schools. And you're not really getting looked at because they don't know what type of school that is. Mm -hmm. You gotta make sure AAU is a key in your summer and spring. Because if you don't have that, you will not get looked, and you will not get recruited at all by any colleges. But isn't AAU for those who don't know? Isn't it a very expensive? It's thing? very expensive. So how? So how do they help? Care. How do AAU teams if they know they want to do they help anyway and like? 
paying for stuff because if you're just playing like high school, middle school, all you have to do is pay for like the team shoes and yeah, that's yeah, it. You're yeah. paying for AAU, you're paying for trips. Yeah. You're almost you're almost a college like player yeah, already. You're paying for yeah, trips, yeah. you're traveling around the country. Like how do they help families? Uh it depends on what AAU program there is. Because there's some okay. top caliber ones that I played for, you know, BCC Warriors, they took care of everything. Mm-hmm. All Ohio, they just take care of everything. Um so it just depends on what program you are. Cause sometimes they have like package or bundle deals that can help families out that can't really afford those situations. Did you have to change your playing style from when you played at Gehanna to when you're playing AAU, or did yeah, you play the same yeah, way? Yeah, so Gehanna is structure and discipline. You had to run each play, boom, boom. If you're not like Nick, where he's fucking beyond dominant, he can mm-hmm. get away with doing certain things. But like me, obviously, slept on some other players that were slept on. We have to go through and we have to excel at those positions and um, roles that we have. Mm-hmm. But AAU, that's the time to. Show, show off your capability and potential that hey, I can shoot the ball. Yeah, I can take it to the paint. I, yeah, I can score on all three levels. So it just depends on, obviously, again, depends on what AU team you play, you play for, program you play for, and your call, uh, for your high school players as well. So then when you graduated, what was the college recruitment process like? Were you already going on yes. visits as soon as you graduated, or how did that go? Yeah, so as soon as, our, as, soon as we lost to Westville South, mm-hmm. fuck that game, um... Coaches start blowing phones and saying, hey, we want you on campus. We want you there. So I got my dad because my dad's the only one I always go to trips with. And we start looking at places and go from there. What was the first place that really caught your attention that you thought you might want to come here and play? I would have to say Alderson Broadus. Alderson Broadus? Yeah, it's school okay. in the bum hicks of uh, West Virginia. Okay. Just because there's a coach there. He's from Ohio. I forget his name, last name, though. Great coach. He's a winner. Mm-hmm. And you know me. I'm big on winning. Uh, and he has, he showed me his rings. He said, if you want, if you want a ring, you come play for me. I'm like, shit, that's, that's my language right there. But obviously, that's, that school is ridiculous. And it's in the middle of nowhere. It's, I just didn't feel comfortable. What about, what about um, Ohio oh, Dominican? I know that was a big God, thing man. in the home that we were they almost, we were over, almost bro. signed. We were yeah. 99% about to sign there yeah. almost every day. And then. Something was messed up with the they scholarship me, money. They just couldn't afford me. It just comes down to that simple. And then I tried to talk to my dad about doing some like tuition exchange bullshit. And my dad was like, no, we're not doing that. So I'm like, yeah, fuck out of here. I'm not doing that. So they lost a great player. And, they, and it's crazy, too, because they will still reach out to me uh, to this day saying, like, damn, man, we should have we should have pulled the trigger on you. No, we didn't. Just straight bullshit. I didn't want to hear. But. So then, how and then how did we end up at West Virginia Tech University? How did we end up here? So obviously, I'm getting a lot of um, my name's just getting out there on Twitter, mm-hmm. and this guy Bob Williams, he followed me on uh, Twitter. So I was like, okay, I'll follow him back. Mm-hmm. And then we're talking mm-hmm. on the DMs on Twitter, and then I sent him my highlight tape, and he said, yeah, I really like it. I want you to come down here April thirteenth, uh, mm-hmm. two thousand sixteen. So like, all right, cool. No, April 2nd, I'm sorry, April 2nd, uh, 2016. So I was like, okay, cool. Me and my dad went down there. We saw a place. It was, I, I was enjoying it. I was tearing it up on open gym and the drills. And then that week later, he offered me. And I was like, okay, cool. So then I talked to my dad about it. And then um, April 13th, that's when we signed to play for West Virginia Tech. And never looked back after that. Yeah, and then you had, did you have a sign, I know you had a signing day at your house, did you have one in Gehanna as well? Yes, we had a, a signing day at Gehanna, yes. Okay. So then you come to West Virginia Tech, freshman, yep. uh, they already have an established team at the point, like they, they had their, horrible, they, they were horrible. horrible, they had their starters, yeah. and if I do remember correctly, besides your sophomore year that you didn't start varsity yeah you started basically from first grade besides the one year (laughs) sophomore year to um senior year of high school so how did it feel from that point not starting right away as a freshman i'm like that's just a typical answer it sucked man Mm -hmm. it it sucked but you know i was like it's whatever though when i go in i'm gonna show myself and i'm I'm gonna kill and that's what i did do you remember your first real game you guys had the scrimmage against uh, west virginia but your first real game against davis and elkins do you remember what you did your first real game no i don't all i know is that we fucking lost yeah you guys did lose 98 92 first how did it feel playing your first real college game felt great i I felt like i was made for this you know growing up in the backyard with all you guys playing older than me and playing physical i was ready for that moment so your first college game ever against davis and elkins you came off the bench you played 25 minutes 
You had 12 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds. And you had zero steals, which when we go further, it's kind of interesting (laughs) that you had. So you already had a 12, 5, and 4 stat line coming off the bench as a freshman. So how were those practices? Because they had a senior point guard ahead of you. Yeah, Rashad. Rashad Kincaid. Yeah, great guy. How is that competitive? Is that saying you should – did you ever feel like you should start over him? Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not me talking to my ego or anything like that. I knew that obviously they're gonna start a senior because of experience, but I was just angry because I know because Rashad he's not really like a scorer, he's more of like a facilitator. He gets past the ball. You know, what a point guard does, me mm-hmm. almost I do it all. I do everything. I score. I look for people. I just get after it. And at the time, I personally, I personally thought I should be starting my freshman year. Mm-hmm. But you know how those old school coaches are. They don't like to start freshmen. They want to have them off the bench. Mm-hmm. And it was fucking frustrating, but. Rashad's a good guy. He took me under his wing. He helped me out a lot because me and my, our freshman coach, Bob Williams, never see eye to eye. We never saw eye to eye at all. So he re- he recruited you to go to West Virginia, but you didn't see eye to eye with him. Why? Nope. Because I guess I personally feel like I knew more than he did. Okay. And that's and if he's hearing this, it's the truth. I, that's how I feel. I, I challenged him. Like Some of the things he was saying and making us do was not making sense. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and I, I would question it. And I just, I don't know. He he didn't like that. He'll kick me out of practice because I thought I thought the way he was how he was coaching shit was unfair. Mm-hmm. He was definitely biased towards one player on the team, and everyone knew that. Mm-hmm. And it, it sucked. It definitely sucked. But it is what it is. I can care less. So freshman year two, you guys went twenty three and nine. Yes, and fourteen and three in the conference overall, which was an improvement from last year for their team but from you coming from yeah. Gahanna yeah. you didn't even lose nine games Not in your close. whole Gahanna career no, so no. how did it feel like taking some of those losses in college as your freshman year you know Biggie man just let me talk about growing up with you obviously we always talk about winning I'm a winner I love to win but seeing that me us losing that many games, I was fucking frustrated. I wouldn't call my I wouldn't call her dad and be like, why are we losing this much? I'm not used to losing. Like things have to change because I do not like to lose, and it fucking felt weird, man. It was like a, it was literally like a punch in the face losing that many games. So then you guys also you go to the conference uh, tournament, yep, and you guys lose in the semifinals. But you also have your best game in that semifinals. You dropped twenty seven yeah. points that game. Did you feel like every time you checked in? You had to shoot because you didn't know when you were coming out because you were a freshman. Did yeah. you feel like you had to score? Like, yep. what did you oh, feel man. like your role was coming off the bench? Every every fucking coach always tells players like, "Oh, you want you to be that spark guy, you know, energy guy. You come off the bench and give us energy." And bro, like, yeah, I can see, I can see where they come from with that. But like, in my situation, especially with Bob's horrible coaching style, and yes, I I admit it is not the best coaching style, but. He would not. He would not let a, a, a one of his players get going until it's too late. And you even witnessed that several times. Even when you were in, the, uh, we had a game in Ohio. Mm-hmm. I went on. I scored six straight points in a row. Mm-hmm. Takes me out. And I never understood that. I know you were frustrated. Mom was angry. The whole the whole crowd there because why? Who does that? So that game against Indiana Southeast in the semis yeah. of the. Uh... Of your conference, conference tournament, tournament. Yep. Yep. you only played twenty seven, no twenty one minutes and fifty seven seconds. You had twenty seven points, crazy. two steals, um, three rebounds. Yeah. So and you shot ten for twenty from the field, two for seven for three, five for seven from the free throw line. And in that game, when you only played twenty one minutes, and this was you guys were trying to get to the conference uh, championship. championship yep. You had the most points by far. The next yep. person behind you was. Another freshman who you came in, well, not really a freshman, but Elijah Boone mm-hmm. with 15, and then the yeah. leading scorer that year and the player of the year, uh, Atkins, only had 13. And yeah. your person who starts above you, Rashad Kincaid, he only had five, and he played 30 minutes. Yeah. So then you go from there. You guys have clinched a spot in the NCAA tournament yep. for um, you guys, which was amazing. Yeah. And you go to your first NCAA tournament game against Robert Morris. How did it feel traveling out there, like this is the tournament. This is what you've been seeing on TV your yeah. life, like your version. Going, How did you feel? Going dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a great feeling knowing that. You know, it's crazy how like kids growing up was like, man, I love to play in March Madness. You know, just one day can make it happen. And I was one of those kids, and it actually happened. So I'm like, 
I was taking it all in, bro. I was taking it all in. I, I enjoyed it. It was a fun experience, you know, driving all the way to Branson, Missouri to play. Mm-hmm. It was fun, man. It was fun. So then after you guys do lose that game, what was your feelings of what you needed to do to go further next year? Yeah, I'm pretty sure after we lost, I'm pretty sure you're the first person I called, I think. And we just talked, saying, like, what do I have to do? Like, what's my next, what do I have to do to level up? What do I have to do to go that extra mile? And then, you know, obviously we put, we put together a plan, weightlifting plan, in the gym plan, uh, working out, all that stuff to get to that next level. And I was ready for my sophomore campaign, ready to go off that season. And um, we were in that, we were, oh, shit, I will say, we were in the gym, what? What would you say? Damn, you're like, Five days out of the week? Probably. Definitely yeah. um, at that point was mostly on Mondays for a good amount yeah. of time. And then, like, the end of your freshman year, and these are you coming off the bench. Your yeah. season stats were yeah. you averaged nine points, a steal, two assists, uh, two rebounds. Yeah. And that was you coming off the bench as a freshman. Yeah. We go to sophomore year. Uh, Rashawn's graduated. Yeah. So you're officially the starting point guard yeah. uh, for the team. Mm-hmm. And... The first game was already a nail biter, <laughs> and before going into that game, you lose your guys' top Elijah Boone. He yeah. gets hurt in a yep, preseason practice, practice yeah, whatever. Yeah. So this is already not shaping out how you thought <laughs> it was going to be. So then you have your first game as a sophomore. You guys yep. win eighty two eighty over Glenville State, <laughs> and you in your first in that first game you had sixteen points, five steals, ten assists nine rebounds and the game winning assist to win the game. So you almost have a triple double in your first game as a starter. Now, how did you feel? Did you feel a little validation? Like this is what I, if I was starting maybe last year, this would have been like, or without Elijah. That's that's another thing. Like ever that when that situation, that game, I'm like, bro, I could have been doing this from freshman year from the jump. If you actually gave me the chance and gave me the freedom, gave me the green light. The stuff I did there, that was, that's natural to me. And I had the confidence because obviously we worked nonstop in the summertime and springtime. So I was like, yeah, like, I can do this. Like, put, this, put the spotlight on me and let's, let's win a championship. Let's win games. So then you go into... Oh, pause. Let me ask you this question. How did you feel at the last seconds of that game? How did you feel? Oh, uh, because sometimes it's... Man, for those who don't, if you have uh, kids in D2, like it's hard to sometimes watch games because they're not always on TV. You got to find the live stream, but this stream with well, this one was really good. But no, watching that game, it was it was good because it was at the edge of your seat and, and already people already wrote you guys off because Elijah was down and Elijah yeah. was already like a preseason uh, first conference and all yeah. that. So seeing that first game was like, okay, we can really do do some things. So then we go into the second game where you guys are playing and I'm listening to it on the uh, radio because the radio coverage, it was still, it was good radio coverage. And you go down a couple hard times during that game and you don't know what's happening. And they're like, and then we're listening. Obviously you're not watching. So you're listening to it and you're like, Oh, he's a raise down. Uh, It looks like it's taking so time to get up. And then you actually keep playing. I remember you were shooting free yeah. throws, and they thought something was wrong, and they, they pulled you out. And you were still playing and still getting hit and still yeah. playing. And then that game, you played 32 minutes. You finished with 11 points, three steals, six assists, five rebounds. Yeah. But then you find out you have an injury. What was that injury? Uh, I tore my ACL. And you, were, and you were still playing through a torn ACL. Yep. So when you get that diagnosis of a torn ACL, what, what's your initial reactions to that? I can't fucking play. I'm done for the season. I can't play. And obviously, I was, fuck, I was in tears. I was crying my eyes out. I was in the bathroom in my dorm room crying. And I, I couldn't even call you yet because I was fucking in tears crying. Um, and then I was trying to figure out how long the process is. Blah, blah, blah. They told me six or nine months. And that's when I just lost it. I Bro, like all the work we put in that summer and all that, I felt like it was, it was just down the drain. Because I knew this year, my sophomore year, is the year that my name was going to be one of the top players in the in the league. Honestly, in the college, in the college, I knew for a fact the way I was playing, and we even talked about that too. The way I was playing, I was going to be one of the most dominant players that year. Did you? Get multiple opinions um, to see if it was a tornado. Yeah. Did you only go to one doctor? Did you go? How many doctors did you and like your family and the coaches go through? So 
We went, I want to say like two or three. Mm-hmm. The, for our trainer, Jamie, he's a great guy. Big fan of him. He tried to claim, claim that it's something to do with my calf. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. So I told Lisa, great, who, I, I know you guys don't know who Lisa is, but she's like another mother to me. I told her, I said, yeah, they're thinking my calf. She said, that's bullshit. Go get another opinion. So I'm like, okay. So we go to West Virginia doctors. Highly recommend do not go to a doctor in West Virginia. I highly recommend that. And he said, oh, no, I don't think it's that bad. They gave me a steroid shot in my knee, a cortisol, whatever that shit's called. And uh, it was feeling better. My knee was getting stronger, but I could not play. I was still walking gingerly. And um, I called mom and dad. I said, I, please come pick me up. I can't do this anymore. And then they come, got, they picked me up, whatever. And we went back to our real doctor in Columbus, Ohio, which I fucking love, uh, Dr. Martin. He's great, great guy. Um, he's, and then he was doing this ACL check with me. And then he said, yeah, you tore your ACL. I said, what the hell are you talking about? And um, he pulled the scans he showed me, and it was a torn ACL. And I'm like, what the fuck? It was, I was so fucking pissed, bro. Oh, my God. So then you're, you, Boone's out for the year. Yep. You're out for the year. Yeah. Uh, the team goes 20 and 12, and they still make the NCAA tournament. Conference, yeah. they finish 13 and 5. So you're watching them. Yeah. And then they actually lose in overtime Indiana Tech, to yeah. Indiana Tech in overtime. So then that sophomore year comes to a close. So then when that year ended and you're, you're hearing it's going to take six to nine months, yeah. when did, did you ever think that you were going to be able to play with the same style that you did before the injury? No, no, not at all. Not at all. If I'm going to be straight up honest, I'm not going to lie to you. I did. I thought I was going to be complete ass. I thought I was going to be horrible. But, you know, during the time when I got my surgery, the day after Christmas, that's crazy. The day after Christmas, I got my surgery. As soon as we just, we were so really aggressive with rehab. Mm-hmm. We were there. How many, I don't know how many times a day we were working, uh, rehabbing, but it was a lot. And then once the day I can start, there was no crutches involved. I really started doing strength training to build my leg muscles up, my quads, hamstring, glutes, hips. I was doing all that stuff to get ready to be more explosive and, you know, have a uh, comeback season. So mm-hmm. so then you're doing your training during the summer. You're yep. getting your strength back. You're getting your stuff back. You come back junior year. You're a starter, yep. obviously, once again. Elijah Boone's back. Yep. Uh, you got um, Brandon Shingles. Shingles. Yep. Tommy you, you have Tommy Commons, you have Cole Schoolcraft, that's the yeah. starting five, yeah. and you guys come back, you guys are winning um, one game that really put you back on the map, maybe officially saying that you're back, was against Berkeley College, <laughs> yeah. uh, you guys went to yeah. double overtime, and I'm saying that because the first half, you only had three points. Yeah, I did. And then the second half, going into the overtimes, you scored 30 points. Yeah. So you had, so from three first half to 30 second half points, you had 33 points, three yeah. assists, four rebounds, and five steals. Elijah Boone, who's also coming back from injury, he has 40 points, one steal, <laughs> two assists, 16 rebounds. Yeah. And as a team, did that game show uh, Coach Williams that? He might have something really special here with you and Elijah and oh, the team. Like, even though you guys lost in double overtime, yeah. How, like, what did you? How did you um like feel about that? Yeah, well, obviously, I was still pissed because we lost, so I couldn't really sit there and like say, "Damn, I had that many points." But obviously, you brought it to my attention because you're mm-hmm. always the first person to bring shit to my attention about certain mm-hmm. things. Um, but yeah, I, I just knew that. Damn, if everyone's on, if if everyone. Uh, this season can click and have chemistry. We can really do something special. And, you know, also we're going to talk about that a little bit later. So then you guys go on a nice winning streak. And then you then you run into this Washington uh, Advantage, Advantage yeah. game where you guys have your worst loss of the season, losing 84-65. Was that a wake-up call that's saying, hey, we still need to put in the work? Absolutely. Or? We got too comfortable. And we thought since we beat them earlier that, see, that year, that we could do it again. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, they really, that was definitely a big wake-up call for us to get our shit together. So then you guys go on that year to actually have the most successful year in WV Tech history. You guys go 30-5. Thir- and five, Yep. Um, overall, 15-2 and two in the conference. You guys actually win the regular season conference championship and the tournament mm-hmm. conference championship. How much does that mean to you? 
especially coming back from a season-ending ACL injury? Oh, that, that's that's a great question. You gotta realize, Biggie, like. I'm just fresh off a fucking injury. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think we could do this. Elijah just come fresh from an injury. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't played with Brandy yet, who's a phenomenal shooter. We haven't played with Tommy yet, who's a phenomenal athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was it was weird. And then obviously we all clicked and uh, we got that job done. It was It's insane to win conference tournaments, man. Like, we were conference champs. We got a ring. Mm-hmm. We got shirts. We got to cut down the nets. It was a great feeling. Great feeling. So then just want to backtrack because I yeah, didn't say please. these stats too. Uh, sophomore year, even though in the two games you averaged 13 points, four steals, eight assists, seven rebounds. Yep. So now we're in junior year yep. and you're averaging 11.7. So we'll say 12 points, yep. uh, 1.2 steals, yep. uh, two, three assists, uh, four to five rebounds. Yeah. And then, so you won. The regular season and the conference. Yes, sir. You go to the NCAA tournament. Yep. You guys actually win a game in the NCAA tournament. And what seed were we? You guys were a one seed. <laughs> you guys were a one seed. You were the third number one yeah. uh, seed. So that was already crazy and stuff. That's the highest seeding WB Tech's ever gotten. Yep. And you guys win your conference. And then you guys win your first game in the tournament. And the game in the tournament... I mean, you were the leading scorer. You had 18 points, one steal, yeah. uh, two assists, nine rebounds, and you outscored everyone else on your team. What, what is it about you where some there are games where you've had some pretty bad games yes. and sometimes, yes. but when it comes to real, real big-time games, yeah. what is it about you that makes you play better in those games? Because everything, everything is, hey, you gotta realize, man, it's winter go home. Like, I'm not, I didn't come all the way to South Dakota to go back home the next day. You know, when it's, when it's an important game, I show up regardless. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are, I don't care who I'm playing against, you're going to get, you're going to get buckets. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna score on you regardless. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready to play. I come to play. I don't play around with this shit that, oh, I'll go notch or I'm scared. No, when it's, when it's, when it's time, the lights are on. And the and the game counts. I'm ready. I'm here. I'm ready to show up. And then also that junior year, you led the team in uh, steals as well. So you go to yeah. the second round to the Fuck. tournament, and yep. you've watched March Madness. You know anyone can get yep. God in March Madness, and you're playing Bearf Cliff of Iowa, Briar Cliff, yep. and they start <laughs> bombing threes from all over. They had a 31 point score, a 21 point score, all from threes, and. You were playing, but you got in foul trouble early. You, I did. You only two. played 14 minutes that whole game. That's, I did not know that part. Mm-hmm. That's fucking bullshit. So you played 14 minutes. You started off really good, then you got two early ones, then you were out, and then the threes kept coming in. When you're watching that on the bench, realizing that if your season's about to end, Yo. how does that make you feel like, because there was nothing you, you guys... You said something to me the day before. And can you repeat what you told me? Uh, at that point, because you guys won the first game, you yep. guys were 30 and 4. Yep. And then I said, if you ever get your fifth loss, your season's over. And I don't think people realize that when it comes to especially college basketball that, yeah. um, let's just talk about ways years ago, like that Kentucky team that was undefeated for yes. a bit. Yes. Whenever they got their first loss, their season's over. Yeah. So just thinking of that, it's like, okay, you finish the year 30 and 5, but if you didn't have that fifth loss, you would have won the national championship. You lost one game, thirty and five, but your season ended. How did that make you feel hearing that? Um, it hurt. It, that hit me deep, and I was like, okay, uh, I just got to turn it up. I even told them my team, like the starting five, like in the huddle before we went to go out. I said, hey, listen, my brother even told me if we get our fifth loss, season's done. Mm-hmm. So let's not make that happen. And then obviously, Briar Cliff just lit our ass up. They held the record now for most threes made on us, and that was so embarrassing. Did it hurt more because it was real March Madness fashion that they hit all those threes yeah. against you guys? You guys were the first number one seed out, but then the next game they, they got, got destroyed. Did that hurt you? It Did hurt. that hurt? It hurt because we. I know for a fact we could have competed with Marion, even though they had like a seven footer. I think his name's Reggie or something like that. We could have easily competed with them. So then you go into senior year. Yeah. Um, Elijah Boone. Brandon, yep. Tommy, Cole have all graduated. Yep. Um, and then even at the end of the year... Well, let's backtrack that. With that, I'm so sorry cutting you off because 
I don't, I don't know if you're going to touch upon that. Can we talk about the the, the awards that For year? For junior year? Yeah, yeah, we can hit on that. Okay. So, um, Elijah Boone won Player of the Year in the conference yeah. and was a first-team All-American. It was actually Bob Williams' second conference Player of the Year because the yep. Friday freshman year he had Brandon. Oh, uh, Ryan Atkins. Ryan Atkins, yep. Ryan Atkins. Um, Brandon gets first-team All-Conference. Uh, mm-hmm. Tommy gets second-team All-Conference. Yep. Cole gets the Character Award. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get... Nothing. So you yep. were the first. You were the only starter from that thirty and five team yep. who didn't get any award. Correct. Uh, junior year. So how did that make you feel? So fucking pissed. I was so pissed. And then that comes back to the me not being appreciated, bro. I was so pissed. I was hurt. I was angry. Oh my god. Man. And that that still doesn't sit right sit right with me to this day. So then they're all gone, and then yeah. they have the preseason conference um, selection selections. Yep. They had they had listed you last as the last uh, preseason first team. Your name was last, just because they needed one for every team. Yeah, and then they also had WV Tech who finished thirty and five <laughs> last year. They had you guys fourth because they didn't believe that you guys would be any good with the people that you just lost. How did that make you feel reading that stuff? I think we read that together, and I was, I was angry, man. Mm-hmm. Like They really thought just because we don't have Elijah Boone, Brandon Shingles, Tommy Collins, that we couldn't win shit. And that really set me off because you got to realize they were not scoring the ball without me. I'm the point guard. I'm the floor general. I'm calling the calls. Mm-hmm. If I'm not bringing the ball up, how the hell are they going to score? <laughs> so then now you're on this team now. We're in senior year, and uh, you guys start off. you start off really – really well against Berkeley. Yep. You, Berkeley College and then you're over Oh, oh we didn't even talk about uh that call I got in the summertime from Bob. Oh yeah, let's let's go back into that. So Bob calls you, you're the only returning starter yep. coming back and he calls you and he says he's leaving. Yeah. W V Tech. What did that make you feel like? Did you ever feel like because I was the coach who recruited you three yeah. years, you have chemistry, good or bad or whatever, it was still chemistry. Yeah. Did you feel when you heard that call that you were potentially going to look at other schools to transfer? Yeah, uh, I was talking to my parents about transferring, absolutely. So what kept you at WV Tech? Uh, I was. <laughs> that's such a good question. I'm not sure. My Oh, well, my parents, at the end, we talked about it. We were like, you have one more year left, and you graduate your accounting degree, and you can just finish out the season strong. One more year strong, and then you don't have to worry about that. So then the new coach comes in, yeah. James Long, yes. uh, replaces... <laughs> Uh, Bob Williams, which was funny enough that James Long used to play for West Virginia with Bob uh, for Bob Huggins, and he guarded you his senior year when you yeah. were a freshman. Which small world? How yeah. did that meeting? Did, was that meeting the reason you stayed? Because he met with um, your your parents, and then yeah. he also met with you. Talked about Lisa, your other like parents, yeah. uh, Lisa, and Jim. our Jim, and then their family was at the house as well. Yeah. How did you feel that meet? Was that the meeting that was like okay, we can potentially do some things? And I'm yes. gonna stay here. Yeah, okay. absolutely. When he first got the news that he was the coach, because um, first for my for starters, I wanted Coach Nick Nick Carroll, big fan of him. He was women's assistant for the state. He was my assistant coach my freshman sophomore year. I love the guy, great guy. And I was bummed out we didn't get him. So then we got James Long, and there was word around town saying. Oh, I think uh, this guy named James Law is going to get the position because of Bob Huggins, blah, blah, blah. Just bullshit. So I was like, okay, cool. So we found out it was James Long who got the position. Okay, cool. So then he reached out to me and said, hey, uh, this is Coach Long, um, Jr., nice to meet you. I definitely want to come by and, you know, introduce me, to introduce myself to you and your family. I said, all right, yeah, cool, we can do that. So he pulls up with the, his assistant, our coach, our new assistant, uh, Peyton Sturm. And they came, they came to the house. Uh, the family was there. Jim and Lisa, their family was there. And then we sat in the living room and we talked. We talked everything out. Like He was saying, like, I don't know why Bob didn't use it the way he should have. And we were just talking. And me and him saw eye to eye. Uh, we were both young. So uh, we definitely butted heads on numerous occasions during the season. Uh, but I knew that he said he wants to win. He wants to make a statement his first year. And I told him, I said, if we work together, I got you. I'll get you taken care of. So what was the difference? Because you had Bob for three years, and then you had James for one. So what's the difference between their coaching styles? Uh, Bob, old-fashioned, dictator, do as I say. Coach Long, uh, he let me play. He let me actually unlock my full potential. And I wish I, wish I had Coach Long from, since the beginning of my playing years, playing days, because uh, he would definitely let me 
reach my full potential, my full capability of what I, what I can do on the basketball mm-hmm. court. Bob, I thought there was restrictions. We had to do certain things, run certain plays. Fucking we were doing, we were fucking running a middle school flex offense, just posting up, which is horrible. But, so, um, yeah. So then you go to senior year, you start off with a win, but then you guys uh, take a early beat down to Shawnee State, yeah. Ohio. How was my stats that first game? Uh, first game, you had about uh, 25 points, 6 steals, 9 assists, 7 rebounds. Okay. And then you guys take the beat down to Shawnee, and yep. you get another win. But then you start going on a little – you guys go on one of your longest – probably your longest losing streak in your basketball career. You go three straight L's, and they weren't yeah. close. Besides one of them, they weren't close L's. St. Francis, Indiana, you get blown out. Yep. Uh, Taylor, Indiana, you get blown out. Yep. And you're taking three straight L's. At this point right now, you guys are 2-4. and four. Four. Fucking ass. So, <laughs> did you feel? Did you feel? And also, this was also during a time where another player on your team, uh, Tamon Scruggs, was actually getting a lot of attention, and you weren't. And he got, and he gets hurt in this yep. little stretch too. So you're two and four. What are you thinking to yourself, like maybe how you're gonna shift yeah. this around? Because remember, last year you guys were only you guys were thirty and five, yeah. and you already have four <laughs> losses in the first six <laughs> games. So yeah. what are you thinking? Oh, honestly, I was thinking, I was like, dang, maybe they are right. Maybe we are, we are going to finish fourth. Maybe we're not supposed to be first in the conference. So then I think that next week in practice, I held everyone up and we talked and like, hey, we can do something here. We just got to believe in ourselves. And, you know, and remember now, new coaching staff. I have a whole brand new team. Mm-hmm. It's different. We're not, we're not gelling yet. We're still trying to figure out people's identity. And then uh, we just talked to, we just rallied together. And we said, we got to fix some shit if we want to do something. So then, yeah, so you start getting a couple wins after that. You go four straight, and then Indiana East, who has been a rival for you um, yep. four years, you take another beat down there. Yeah. And then you go um, to in- West Virginia Westland. You lose a close <laughs> one there. Oh so then we get to this date, uh, January 9th, 2020. Do you remember what date this is? Is that Southeast? This is Indiana Southeast. Okay. You guys are on the road. Yeah. Um, this is a make or break game for conference for yeah. conference everyone already has written you guys off they think you guys are gonna lose yep. and you come out and at that point you had your best college game ever yeah you had 31 points you had four steals you had seven assists you had 11 rebounds um you did have four personal fouls though but you did win that game 89 to 82 and that really set the conference on notice because not only were you getting attention um, in the conference, you were getting attention nationally from that game. Yep. Um, even people in different sports, uh, shout out to Jonathan Cooper was posting yep. your stuff. How did you, did you feel like that game was the turning point of the season? Oh, we mean you both know that. We both talked about that. And I think you're the one that actually brought it to my attention, actually, that hey, you do realize that at the end, I was at the end of my senior year, you even mm-hmm. told me, he's like, if I if I had to pick a game that really turned your guys' season around, turned your personal game around, it would have been Southeast, and you mm-hmm. were obviously explaining why. But yeah, I think that was really the turning point of our season, and that we're like, shit, we can actually do something here. And fun fact, I use Southeast. They don't lose at home. They're undefeated. No, at home. they don't. They don't. And that's why a lot of people r- yeah. wrote you guys off on that too. And then after that, uh, South. That Southeast game, you did have some non-conference like Blue um, Bluefield, but outside of when you go from Bluefield, which you guys lost by one point, you guys after Indiana Southeast, you guys did not lose a conference game Correct. in the regular season again. Correct, yeah. So you guys start rattling win after win after win after win after win after win, and. There starts to become rumblings for you to be the conference player of the year. Were you aware that like there was actually legitimate talks of you potentially being the player of the year in the conference? Honestly, I, I honestly thought it was going to go to either Blake Smith from Alice Lloyd or Bishop Smith from uh, IU East. And then I remember, I don't know, what, what game was it that there's, there started to become controversy? Cause I think you, you were fed up and Cedric, our attorney, was fed up. Uh, about why I'm not getting loved or getting looked at, then I think you t- was it that game that you tweeted something. Uh, it wasn't that. It wasn't that particular game. It probably would have been when you guys beat Kokomo again at home, where you went sixteen, twelve, and eight, oh, okay. and you played the whole forty minutes. 
So it was that where I was like, well, people really need to start looking at you for player of the year because you were also the only player in the whole conference who was leading your team in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. And you were a point guard leading your team in rebounds. Yeah. And so I think that was where it was like really starting to take shape. And then you guys actually have a better conference record again you guys went 15 and 1 in the conference and the only loss was the blowout to indiana east and then what what how did that make you feel that now you're a back-to-back regular season conference champion where Mm -hmm. they preseason picked you guys to be fourth and you won the regular season conference how did that make you feel oh it felt great man and uh Obviously, like I was, the whole gist of this whole thing is like I'm always talking to you about this because me and you understand the competing level, the winning mindset, all that shit. So it felt great that we were slept on and that we won. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, they, they slept on me, mm-hmm. me, which really fueled me, which really, you know, I took personally. I definitely took that personally. And look what happened at the end. So then you go and your your stats literally just jumped up. From your totals, from your junior year to the senior year, yeah. like your assists, you you had ninety eight assists junior year, and then you had one hundred and sixty eight assists yeah. um, senior year. You had a hundred rebounds, uh-huh. hundred defensive rebounds, and you went to one twenty seven. You had one hundred seventy three total rebounds. Uh, steals have always been one of your go tos. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so it's how you get points, and also. I think also the game that really made everyone think like you could actually win yeah, player of the sad. year was when Ryo Grand came to town yep. and you started yeah. off the game, I think 10 for 10, you hit your 1,000th <laughs> point did. Yeah, did. and you had a and thir- three years and three, three years because you were injured the yeah. first game and you had 35 points, four steals, five of six, six rebounds, yeah. and you went 15 for 17 from the field. <laughs> In 37 minutes, yeah, and I think yeah. that was the game where people were like, hold on, this guy can... Can fucking play. Yeah, he can play. Maybe we've been underestimating him. Yeah. Like, so how did that make you feel? Um, You know, it's crazy. I was, I didn't even, I didn't realize, I didn't miss that much during that game. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that until, obviously, you sent me my stat line. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was just there to win, because obviously, Ryle's another, con- uh, one of our rivals, I don't know why they suck. A big shout to Coach French. Love that man to death. Um, but no, B, it felt great. It felt great finally hitting my 1,000-point milestone since I couldn't get in uh, in high school because of some bullshit. But I was very pleased with myself. And that's one of the milestones. Because I, I remember during this, before the season, we wrote down like what I want to get out of basketball this year. And one, was, one, and one of them was to score 1,000 points. And it felt great just checking it off, getting a 1,000-point ball. It was great. It was a great college experience pouring that many points. So then your senior year with the jump that you had, uh, you averaged 16.33 points a game. You were 10th in the conference in scoring. You were 15th in the conference at rebounds with 6.1. And all the other people were freaking big men. Mm-hmm. You were um, first in the conference in assists with 5.7, but you were also fifth in the nation in assists. And then steals, you were first in the conference, 15th in the nation. Mm-hmm. And then when you played just conference games, your scoring actually went up to 17 points. Yep, yep. Your rebounds went up to 6.3. Your assists went up to 6.3. Uh, and your steals went up to 2. Yeah. So in the conference-only games, you were 7th in scoring in the conference, 13th in the conference in rebound, 1st in assists and steals. Yeah. And then your conference, and then senior year, your highs... You had a 35-point game. You had a 12-rebound game. You had multiple 12-assist game. You had had a six-steal game, and you had um, a block. Because blocks just didn't come through. (laughs) Um, So then you go... So then you actually get word that you actually do win Conference Player of the Year. Yeah. Did that val did that give you the validation that you needed from your years 100%. of high school to college to your last year? Fuck yeah, man! You got the validation you the deserved. Validation that really the validation hit when I scored that thousandth point, mm-hmm. and then hearing you know it's crazy. I was in uh business. Uh, what class was it? Uh, business class, business and statistics class. Uh, and then my one of my great homies that's on the team, Luke uh, Voss, great mm-hmm. guy, love him to death. 
uh, he he texts me. He's like, "Hey, congrats, bro! Send me a link." I said, "What the hell are you talking?" So I click on the link. And it says Junior Ray Conference Player of the Year. I'm like, "Holy shit!" So I get up, get up out of class. Don't even care about class right now at this time. And I go outside and I call you immediately, and like, "Hey, guess what happened?" And you're like, "What?" And I was like, I sent you the link. And he said, no fucking way. And then it was just, it was a great moment for us, man. Because we always share those moments of winning and all that. So it was, it was phenomenal. I think it was weird, too, that they post the awards but don't tell the people. Yeah. Like, because as soon as I went on social media and I saw your picture on the, like, they were showing the awards thing, I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. So then when I clicked on the link, I was like, and it's all conference player of the year. And I actually yeah. still have the article hanging at my office at work. Nice. And I was just like. Wow. Yeah. Like, we we really won Conference Player of the Year. Yeah. And then, obviously, with Conference Player of the Year, you're going to be first team all-conference. Yeah. So, seeing your name listed first on that from seeing your name listed last on the preseason. Yeah. And then seeing the people who they thought was going to be yep. because you guys won the conference. And that was... That, that was a very good moment, especially from coming back from the ACL. You just said that you didn't know if you were going to be able to play yeah. the same. But it looks like you came from the ACL, especially senior, and actually played better. Yeah. So yeah. to win that conference player of the year, that was crazy. And I don't even know if that was the top thing, actually, that senior year. I don't because so. you were second place for player of the year national. of national. Because yeah. they listed your name right underneath the guy who Kyle, he, Mangus, Kyle yeah. Mangus, who he's the real deal. <laughs> he's no <laughs> he's, he's no joke. <laughs> and he won uh, player of the year, rightfully so. Yeah. And when I saw when I got that thing, it's like juniors and all American. I was like, ex- first team. First I was team. like, excuse me. Yeah. And then your name was like, wait, was he second in player of the year voting? Yeah. Like that's when I was just like, the conference validated him, and now the nation has validated him yeah. as a first team All American, one of the, the third one ever yeah. at WV Tech. Yeah. So that was already crazy in itself. And then, real quickly, obviously, your senior year, you got hit with uh, COVID when COVID first started, yeah. like the national, game, tournament. national yeah. tournament had to stop, things of that nature. So it abruptly ended that magical season that you had with. Yeah. Conference Player of the Year, first team All American, first team All Conference. You know what's crazy, more? I personally feel like if I got to play and Kyle Mangs got to play, and whoever, I personally feel whoever made it further was going to lock in that National Player of the Year. But obviously, Indian, Indian West is no joke. No, they're they're not. no there's no joke. They they're have not. championships galore. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Kyle Mangs is a freaking stud. That man can play. So I, I couldn't be mad at him that he got. And then also. While you were at WV Tech, even though the sophomore year, the years you played, you guys made the tournament every year. Yeah. Not many college teams can say that. True. And you guys won a game, obviously, in the yeah. tournament. Not a lot of, and then, obviously, yeah, obviously yeah. COVID derailed this. But if you felt like that, which is, this is a question I know a lot of people have been asking. Because yep. you've told me that you felt like you guys could have won a national championship the way you guys that were playing year? senior Absolutely. year. So if you felt like that, why did, because with COVID, why didn't you go back? Because you had another year of eligibility. That is a because if you felt like that, you're bringing the same team back with yeah, some new, more experience with too. more experience under yeah. James Long. Because yeah. also James Long won Coach of the Year his, um, his freshman year with Junior being the senior. Like yep. so he so if you felt like that, why didn't you go back and finish the job? I was actually and I, I hate saying because I never I always tell people never be content, but I was very content with my college career at that point. Uh, you know, like we talked about, runner-up for National Player of the Year, winning Conference Player of the Year, uh, first-team All-American, first-team All-Conference. Uh, I won several numerous academic awards. Um, I was always on the dean's list, president's list, every single semester. So I'm like, I had a great chapter, my uh, chapters in my life for college basketball, and I was ready. And I started getting really blasted with um, job accounting jobs left and right. So I was like, okay, cool. I go home because of COVID. And then I had a lot of bosses reaching out to me saying, hey, you know, we're following during the season. Um, we really want you to come and take an interview with us and talk, see what we can do for your future in your uh, accounting career. And also I was getting a lot of, lots of uh, agents and agencies reaching out to me as well, asking if I want to play professionally overseas. I was actually going to sign a contract. I remember I was, I was brought up to you and I want you all to see, because you're, you're my legal guy. I always send all documents to you before you look at it, before I can get a chance to look at it. And I was going to sign for one of the top teams in Spain, but obviously COVID and my parents were kind of iffy about it because they don't want me to go into another country and get, probably get COVID there. So I was like, all right, you know, it's cool. 
I'm always gonna be around the sport of basketball. You know, I run Nike basketball camps. I train kids. I work kids out. So I mean, I'm always gonna be around the sport. So. But did that etch for winning? Did it always? Did you ever go to sleep thinking, especially when what you if? graduate, like, what if? Because, oh, I mean, one of your favorite players is Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And yeah. thinking about, because yeah. this is a championship, if you really felt like you guys could have won that senior year, and you, like, did you ever just wake up thinking, like, did I make the right choice? Like, oh, I could have had, day. because if you would have won a national championship of Tech, that would have, that would have been beyond the ultimate validation. They would have deemed you the greatest WV yeah. Tech player of all time. I'm going down as one of them. There's one of them. But that would, have ma- that would have made you... The yeah. that would have been it. Yeah. There would have been yeah. no more discussion. Did that hunger to be that great ever just be like, oh, I should have went back? Especially it, it, it when you saw up. them playing me up. that year, you know, this year. It eats me up. Yeah, definitely eats me up. They they good. Congrats to them. They won conference championship, uh, which conference would have been another one for you. Yeah, That's you could have great. potentially won player of the year back to back. I could have. I could have. Because Ayuwis was out that year, too. Mm-hmm. so that's the easy. That's the easy. Mm-hmm. easy and then who right player of the year two years Fucking, in a row, yeah, and then yeah, maybe a national Ryo champion. Swept the awards. That was that was pathetic. That mm-hmm. pissed me the fuck off. So then you already talked about like you had the um, accounting people um, talking to you. You also had professional um, teams coming um, yeah. coming to you, and we'll talk about your professional stuff on part two of yep. this on a later time, yep. but. Did you ever, right now, what would it take for you to go back? Like, what would an go agent have to? Or? What would an agent have to offer you to play right now? Great contract, a beautiful. Like, what contract. are you looking for? Because their team's still reaching out to you. You had one recently yeah. too that we were <laughs> actually considering. Yep. We want to go back. Yeah. So, what would a for the agents whoever listens to this out there? What would they have to offer you for you to come back to the game? Oh, a great package deal. So, obviously, uh, the top leagues in whatever country they think about shipping me to, mm-hmm. the pay has to be great. The benefits has to be great, you know. great A great team that knows how to win. Because I'm all about winning. So, if the team's good and they win and they're all about winning as well, then that's, that's a great package deal. So, obviously, the culture of the team, that's big. The compensation package, obviously, the money, monetary mm-hmm. aspect. And um, just the benefits. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's what it would take to. Yeah. For you to. I'm still young. I'm still working out every day. Mm-hmm. I'm still getting shots up. So it's not like I haven't thought about it. Do you think that right now, even though you haven't played, do you think right now you're better than you were player of the year last year? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah, I think so. All right. All right. Well, with that being said, we're actually reaching. The end of part one of the uh, basketball. So, Junior, if you want to plug any of your stuff, where can people find you? We're going to be coming with part two later. But, uh, yeah, man, is there any shout-outs that you want to throw out before oh, we end? Um, yeah, so for starters, you can find me um, Facebook. You can just type my name in Junior Ray. I'll be there. Uh, Instagram is J underscore Array, A-R-R-E-Y-3. And then Twitter. I'm still trying to get my Twitter back. I don't know what the hell happened. But, uh I don't even know what Twitter name is. What is it? J Ray Three. Yeah, with no underscore, but J Ray Three. And then um, I have a TikTok as well. You can do uh, Junior Ray Three. So um, yeah, just you can reach me out there. But obviously, big shout out to uh, Martin, the host of this great guy. Um, who else can I shout out? Honestly, <laughs> um, uh, shout out to everybody, all my loved ones and family members that you know supported me through this journey with basketball and, and invested it a lot into me. Big shout out to my brother Steven. He's buff. It was for him. I wouldn't be <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't be physically in shape. Uh, he he definitely stripped me with my eating habits. Uh Jim, Lisa, Jimmy, Bubba, uh my, uh Sissy, Nick, my new nephew. I have a nephew, uh Sean. He's a newborn, and then my best friend Chuck, Carly, and then I have a goddaughter named Malaya, who they, they have a kid. Um, yes. Yeah, all these people, all these people that really supported me through the journey. Kyson, Carries, I can't forget about you guys. You guys are my uh, day one, so I think that's all I got to shout out to. Okay, okay. And Adam, Adam Day's a good guy. I like Adam a lot, so. Uh, with that being said, uh, make sure you like, rate, comment, subscribe on this. Junior will be back talking about the business side. And with that being said, this is the L7C signing out.
thank you for listening to this episode of the L7C podcast. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all social media platforms, and we'll be talking to you guys soon. Take care.